bold and raw perspectives of local politics. Important information which impacts our community, nation, and world. Exposing truth, transparency, and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media. And always keeping it real. It's the Michelle Tanner Podcast. But I won't back down. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Michelle Tanner Podcast. And a huge thank you up front, by the way. We had our first episode last week and the overwhelming amount of support and views. Please share this. This is vital information. This is my whole purpose and even doing this is to get vital information out in the community, which is so important. So thank you so much for that support. I'm so excited for today's episode because we have so much to cover and I have an amazing guest here with me that I will introduce you here to shortly. His name is Eros Mackey. He is running for St. George City Council. He has an amazing resume, which we'll delve into further, but I'm talking master's in intelligence, PhD in criminal justice, saves children for a living, guys. I'm talking from evil sex traffickers, human traffickers. This guy is going out into those dark alleys around the world and literally saving children and giving them their freedom back. And I just cannot thank him enough for what he does for children. And that's really what today's episode is all about, is the importance of defending our children, our youth. They are under attack. I have heard people say online, what are you talking about? Defending children from what? They're not under attack. What's going on? Well, let's just start with, say, the academic testing scores of our youth going on in America right now, in a first world country where we have access to just about everything. Can somebody please tell me why we have record low test scores in reading and math and academics? It's almost as if academics is somehow now being replaced with political activism in the classroom, which is bizarre to me We also have now in some polls showing up to 40%, of our middle school and high school age children identifying in the LGBTQ community. Just think about that for a second. We are now saying that the human practice of sexuality that has allowed the human race to exist for thousands of years is now dwindled down to 60%. If we're not willing to recognize that there's a trendiness to this, I don't think we're really willing to have a true discussion about this. And this is nothing anti-LGBT, by the way. I want to get that on the record right away. I have many friends, family members in the LGBT community, and they are also deeply concerned about this assault on our children of exposing them early to this sexualization. And there's many people in that community who don't agree with this fringe minority in that group who is pushing this onto our youth. Now, the reason that a lot of times hear from that fringe minority is, well, 
we have to push this into elementary schools and on our youth because otherwise they'll commit suicide. Wrong. The study that they will often cite is the Trevor report, which, by the way, is not a scientifically peer reviewed study. So the fact that that's their kind of their gold standard really tells you everything you need to know. But aside from that, studies actually show we have all time high anxiety, depression, mental health issues, teen suicide in our youth and particularly within our LGBT youth. Now, explain that one to me. If we have an all time high societal acceptance of the LGBT community, why would suicides be continuing to increase? Shouldn't they be decreasing? Hmm. Explain that one to me. It just, it really doesn't make sense. And I want to reiterate the intentional assault that's taking place within our public education system, within even charter schools, within our public spaces to push this sexualized agenda onto our youth. So I'm going to give you a personal experience of My son's school, his fourth grade classroom that I naively thought that this would be a safe school to send him to, that their focus would be on academics, on patriotism. However, I've learned a lot over this last year that truly within this school, that focus has truly been shifted to now political activism within the classroom. It was first noticed when my husband went into the school for something a few months back. He came home and he said, why are so many of the teachers there wearing rainbow LGBTQ pins and and even the school principal? What does someone's sexuality have to do with elementary education? Again, live your life the way that you feel you want to live it. I fully respect the freedom we have here in America and rights we have. Love who you want to love. What does your sexual preference, however, have to do with elementary education? It's bizarre. And then it turns out that the school counselor at this elementary school is a self-proclaimed activist. It's all over this counselor's social media. And it was reported to me by another mother whose son is in the same, actually, fourth grade classroom that this particular counselor told these fourth grade students that it's okay to be gay and lesbian. Again, I don't want my fourth grade child thinking at all about who they're sexually attracted to in the fourth grade. That is a discussion for parents. Where is the parental rights? That is not a place for someone else's agenda and activism to be pushed onto our youth. Are we going to also be okay with them wearing swastika pins? Are we going to be okay with them talking about the Bible or teaching that sexuality is a sin? I don't think that belongs in a classroom. It goes both ways. And so I think it's vital that we are acutely aware of what's going on in our children's classrooms. Obviously, I reached out to the school, the principal, the board, and I wanted to know what their policy was in regards to this. And I want to actually read you. This is directly from... The policy that they sent me and I have responded back to the board and said, 
did the board really read through this document and actually approve because the the principal approved of this and the counselor teaching this approved of this and they told me this is what they're following. According to this provided document, a school counselor is to quote, promote awareness of and educate on issues related to LGBTQ, encourage staff training on inclusive practices and affirming LGBTQ, support inclusive curriculum at all grade levels, provide gender and sexualities alliance clubs, model language that is inclusive of sexual orientation and gender identity, understand the victimization of LGBTQ and students of color, counsel students with questions about their sexuality and gender identity, advocate for and affirm transgender and non-binary, including comfortable bathroom access. Tell me what that has to do with elementary education. Are we really shocked that we have all-time low testing scores in our academics and all-time high mental health issues when we literally have the number of children who think they're born in the wrong body has tripled in the last five years. I come from a medical background. I'm a nurse practitioner. I don't know any time in the medical field when we have actually celebrated a mental illness, when someone believes that they're born in the wrong body and we're celebrating it instead of treating them, this is what happens when we see a society on the brink of fall. And that's why I am so passionate about this subject. I think it's vital with this upcoming city council race that we are paying attention to what these candidates believe because I do hear, oh, social issues don't have to do with a city council. Are you kidding me? Social issues tie directly to our criminal justice system, to our economy. Look at what states right now are booming. People are flocking to the states with conservative values, with family values. Those other economies are struggling. So I want people to be aware I think a lot of these people running for city council are really nice people. A nice person doesn't make a good city council representative. In particular, I want to point out Danielle Larkin, who is a current city councilwoman running for re-election. This is all public record, by the way. I never say anything that cannot be backed up factually. I'm not here to spread anything that's not true. In fact, I think Danielle is a very nice and capable person. I think she would be a great city council member for San Francisco, not here in St. George, Utah, where I truly believe that most of the community values the principles that have made us as successful as we are here in St. George. She has donated to Equality Utah, which if you're not familiar with Equality Utah, they oppose legislation such as keeping boys, men out of female sports. They oppose legislation such as mutilating children's bodies. She has also publicly opposed some of that legislation. Uh, Equality Utah almost exclusively funds the leftist agenda here in the state of Utah. She has also donated to Fashion Fluid Drag Story, which also specifically targets children. She has supported, been at Black Lives Matter rallies here 
in St. George, Utah, which most people know now Black Lives Matter is a proclaimed founded Marxist organization. So these things people need to be aware of. Don't just look at someone's last name. If that's what you align with, then okay, great. I guess that's what you can align with. But I truly don't believe that's where the majority of this community lines. I don't believe that the majority of this community wants to raise taxes like Danielle voted for. So please be informed. And that's why I am really excited to now turn some time over to Eros Mackey, because as I mentioned, this man is a defender of children, of liberty, of freedom, of the proper role of government. So first of all, Eros, why jump into this city council race in the first place? We're under attack, just like you indicated. And I'm a defender of what's right. That's just what I do. I, I go and help those who are vulnerable. And most of the time, it's defending children. And it still is. Uh, our city is absolutely under attack. And we have been for a while through bureaucracy. But it's different when the children are targeted, just like you indicated, you threw out a lot of statistics. And by the way, I could probably listen to your, uh, your presentation all day long because of the facts, the truth. It's all real. Right. And we know through scientific research that sexualizing children is extremely harmful to minors, exposing them early to this mature content, mature behaviors. We know due to their brain development, especially that that is extremely detrimental to their health. And as a society, protecting children has been a sole focus for since we've been into existence, right? So many of our laws, you know, you think of tobacco advertising laws, alcohol laws, children have to be a certain age to even go to a say rated R movie and all these things are in place because we value children. And are you seeing that in your field? Is there a correlation with that and the trafficking victims that you have been able to save and circumstances you've been involved with? Yes. Let me premise what I'm going to say with this. Before I came here today, I was in distress with a lot of feelings that come with, with running a campaign. And I talked to my wife and, and said, look, I need extra reinforcement because it's not that this is too hard for me because of what I've been doing, but I need people to know that I do what I say. I mean what I say. And, and I say what I mean, like it's real. Yes. And so with that, I'm going to base my campaign on values I have from the beginning, and those values are our children. You people of St. George, 
I want to know something. Who groomed you? Why are you okay with our children being targeted? They are absolutely targeted. Look at this fashion fluid uh, drag show that you're talking about. Most most people really don't care if they're doing their things, like you said, go live your life or live your life how you are going to, whatever. It's always been the case. I think it's weird. I really do. But but I'm not going to invade your your personal privacy rights. And we do need to have very clear ordinances that allow them to operate in their personal privacy rights and 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 have our our city's values very clear on where we stand because our values are where where it all is important but that particular fashion fluid i can understand it i've gone and rescued boys from homosexual homo human trafficking groups i've i've rescued their own I've also been called out to protect people in in the L- LGBTQ community that have been under death threat. I've responded and I've protected them and made friends there because they know I respect who they are. Everybody deserves to be safe. Nobody deserves to be groomed. But here's what's happening. Predators don't care what color the sheep's clothing is, whether it's white sheep, black sheep, or rainbow sheep. They don't care. But I can tell you right now, the narrative of kids needing needing some kind of uh, agenda in that kind of a direction is not coming from the kids. There are predators starting from the top and moving it down and What we are facing here in the city of St. George is, and it's all over the country, but it is absolutely targeted here. HBO brought it, and it was an intentional focus to antagonize. It absolutely was. And then, uh, so coming back to this fashion fluid, that is an understandable kind of organization. Yeah, okay, maybe there are children or teenagers asking for clothes that are fashion neutral. Like I can, I can understand that kind of concept. But teenagers aren't going to story time, right? That's preteen. That's children. And if this fashion fluid group wants to do story time. They're overstepping their bounds and coming toward our children, and that's not okay. And then, I mean, I spoke at the at the travel and tourism group yesterday, and you know, they're talking about how great the the community is with our with our parks and our trails and everything, and the people coming here. It won't be that great if the values that are coming take over. Because now you're going to be riding your bike over needles on the trails. This is a truth. I see it around the world. I've been on the most beautiful beaches. I was trapped there. Yeah, you barely barely escaped kidnapping. But I couldn't believe how beautiful this beach was. And as I start walking on it, the trash filled in. This could be one of the greatest tourist destinations in the world. Sounds like Haiti. 
<laughs> That's what I experienced when I was in Haiti. <laughs> okay, I confess it was in Haiti. Yeah, I knew it. But it was in an extremely remote area. Yeah. It's a place where they've never seen white people before. I'm white to them. But, and But anyway, uh, our values are what make our area beautiful. People want to stay in our hotels because they want to enjoy our trails. Pe- they I can't tell you how many areas just in the United States. I've worked in over 20 major U.S. cities uh, multiple times helping get people out of human trafficking, confronting traffickers and working with city governments. Right. And the, the city governments that have the the uh, the cities that ha- that provided the most assistance were cities that had city councils or mayors that cared about human trafficking and protecting our children. Absolutely. That's such an interesting point because oftentimes I think the community at large tends to focus on the federal level and what's going on with the president and really the most influence and control over our day to day is who we have in these local elected positions to represent us because at the end of the day, that's who can truly be a voice in securing our communities. Yes, it absolutely is. And here's what happened in one of the communities. One of my friends, shout out to Tony Kennan, mayor of Orange Beach, Alabama. Uh, my, he knows who I am and my, what I do with my organization, as well as with Children's Rescue, which I'm deeply embedded in that organization too. He, he cares so much about defending his children that he introduced us to the chief of police and then had a, a meeting. They've, they've given us, uh, they've opened their, their police station up. Like we, there's an office in there that we can use to assist with investigations. That's like, so awesome. Their children are safe. Their people are safe. Their community is more beautiful than ever. They take a stand against federal overreach and, and, it, I mean, that's what, what government should be. And I, and I do want to also indicate I love the proper government. I love America. Government is amazing when it's done right. I am not anti-government in any way. I back the blue. Uh, our, our, our officers that are good, the good officers out there that, that hold their oath to the Constitution Absolutely. close to their heart. Like we need to defend them and we need to reinforce them so that they can defend our children. You mean you're not going to be at a Black Lives Matter protest defunding, defund the police? That's not going to be you? Unlike I'm, some of our other I'm council trying members, not to swear right now. <laughs> no, heck no. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. They. Our law enforcement shouldn't be activists like that. They just need to. Their their job is hard enough as it is. Right. They need people who reinforce them and build them up. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be kneeling. We shouldn't be. You showed a, a picture of Black Lives Matter with Danielle Larkin up there and. And there was another city council person there, and that that was Greg MacArthur was standing right there too, in yeah. at that rally. And former Mayor Pike, mm-hmm. I think Mayor Pike was holding the sign that said "blacks" or "white silence equals black death." It was white or, silence or white, black or white, death. White, white, yes. Yeah. In, interesting, yeah. and you know, it's no wonder even our university 
is teaching. I had some nursing students reach out to me not too long ago over there, the university, and tell me that here in this science-based profession at the university, they are literally being taught that whites are inherently racist, that blacks are inherently oppressed, that they should not refer to a mother giving birth with she, her pronouns. Wow. It's outrageous. This, and I take that very seriously. That's my profession. I'm a nurse practitioner and to see what's happening. And again, that's, that's our youth college students. A lot of them are still youth and that's what we are perpetuating. And being at a black lives matter protest is also standing right in line with that false leftist destructive to America agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, the area that they will be most safe if they, if they feel like they need to rally toward, if there was any in the black lives matter movement that, uh, that really were genuine, they were trying to do it in a virtuous way. They're most safe in the world right here. Absolutely. And you talk <laughs> come, about come to my come to my house. I will defend you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, my my grandfather was a black man, actually. And, and, yeah. and you know, the, the there were times in our in our history where there was racism, where they absolutely. hated it. And uh, there is absolutely a difference between black people and white people. But that doesn't mean that we uh, treat Well, and I would say difference as far as appearance, our skin color. But at the end of the day, we are all human, whether regardless of your Uh skin color, I would say there's not a difference as far as us being human children of God. And I would include LGBT. You know, I, Uh I love that you even mentioned they have received threats and you have been there to defend them because this is about the fact that we are all children of God. We are all equal. And you hit Mm -hmm. on another really important point earlier when you mentioned nobody really raised an eyebrow about a lot of the LGBT movement as far as holding drag shows and things Mm -hmm. of that nature, because it was always done in adult venues where it should be, right? Mm -hmm. We, I know you and I are on the same page as far as freedom. We deeply value freedom and liberty. And one thing that I will hear is, well, if you value freedom and liberty, why do you care what's being done in front of kids? It's their freedom to do so. It is not your freedom to abuse children. And it's not been until that line was crossed again by a fringe minority. It is not the LGBT as a whole, because I know a lot of amazing valued LGBT community members. It is this fringe minority who is pushing this onto children and they are extremely loud about it. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We're going to be loud back when you come for our kids. Leave the kids alone. Here's another perspective on that. What we're talking about is my lived experience. Yes. Okay. I'm no therapist. I'm no mental health professional. I have lived experience in the field and what is happening is predators, all traffickers are predators, not all predators are traffickers, but we have predators everywhere. We had a predator kill a child last night here, right here, a stepdad killed his daughter. He was respond. He was arrested. 
granted there, you know, he, he has his day in court to know what's going on, but his, he, he was arrested last night for the death of his daughter and, Beyond tragic. and prayers to the family prayers to the St. George PD that have to deal with that situation. Yeah. They're going to need self-care. Absolutely. They are. They're going to need, they're going to need their own healing. Um, the predators out there need to either have complete dominating control like us, like a stepdad would have over a two-year-old child, or they have to have their victims lose their self-worth. They cannot have value that they see themselves with because they have to get an invisible leash locked on. Mm. And that invisible leash is so critical to their end game and to the future of what they're trying to accomplish. And so if you are of that school of thought that, well, maybe it's okay for drag artists to, to read to children, go back farther. Think where that came from. If you genuinely think that, think about where that thought, school of thought came from. And I believe it will lead back to a predator instigated those thoughts. I think you hit on such a vital point as far as our self-worth and where we find our identity because so much of, of pushing that sexualization onto children is forcing them or encouraging them to find their identity within their sexuality mm-hmm. rather than their identity as a child of God. That's right. And that's what I see back to your, where did this originate from? When did we shift this focus away from every human is special and important and unique? And we all have that identity as a child of God. You think of even gender, right? Created in God's image, male and female confusion of gender that doesn't come from light and truth, but yet we are pushing this confusion on to children. I love that you brought up looking at the roots of this rather than the surface level, because it's the same with say social emotional learning that's going on in every school, by the way, which is why we should all be literally homeschooling our kids. And if you're not, you need to be deeply involved in what's going on in your children's classroom because they're using this as this Trojan horse of, Oh, we're just teaching about kindness and we love everyone. But it's so subjective to who's teaching it. So you get someone at my son's school, for instance, who is a proclaimed activist teaching it. (laughs) They are going to use that to spin it to their agenda and confuse these kids. Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought up that point. Sorry to go off on that side. No, it's understandable. Uh, While I'm thinking about it, just in full disclosure, you indicated that I've got my PhD in criminal justice. It's I've actually I'm a PhD candidate. I've completed all my coursework and now I'm working on my dissertation. Oh, awesome. And so I'm not officially a PhD. I'm a PhD candidate at this point. Gotcha. And but your master's in intelligence. That's right. Correct. Uh See, that's what I love about you is you are honest. You are genuine. That is so rare to find in people who are 
candidates and representatives, there's such this culture of telling people just what they want to hear. Going along to get along. Exactly. And we see it actually so much in this culture. So it is refreshing to have someone like you that just says it like it is. And there's no question when people talk to you what you stand for and you're not afraid to be unpopular, right? It's about the true statesman makes those principles popular versus going with ever whatever's popular at the time, right? <laughs> you are the true statesman. I love well, it. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. That was the conversation I had with my wife this morning of like, I may start losing support if I keep saying exactly how I feel and what I believe. And, and I, and that was the conversation we had and, and, and I feel those pressures. I feel those pressures. I know I can tell what it's like for those candidates that just go like, they're just going along to get along. And like, even with the, with the go bond, I, I can, there, I can actually support a go bond, but I'm offended that it's, it's got a a wool over it. it. It's a, it is a tax. And, and if you, if we pass it in the, it'll be on the, it'll be on the ballots. If we pass it, it will, uh, you won't see a change in your taxes, but if you don't pass it, your taxes will go down. Right. And, and, uh, and so I'm not against it. I'm against the way it's being presented. And that's how I felt last no- yesterday when I made, they asked if I would support it. And I said, no, but it was because it's because I don't feel good about the way it's being presented at all. Right. And I think that's an important distinction to make. So for those who don't know for sure what we're referring to, so this geo bond that the city, it's going to be on the ballot for voters to vote on this fall. And I think that's been a a big topic of discussion with the candidates of, do you support this geo bond? And at least the conversations I've had with you and the other candidates I support, I don't get the feeling that it's that you don't support those things such as parks and recreation and trails, we we know the value that brings to a community. But at least for me personally, I want that transparency. And I yeah. like that you mentioned the, you know, if it didn't go through, taxes would go down. That's an important distinction for people to realize if it does pass, the tax rate will remain the same as what it has been. So and that's one thing that I've brought up in council meetings, too, is I'm not against this. I just want to make sure that there is information presented on both sides and not a sales pitch like we saw last year when they wanted to raise taxes. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, you know, yes, I have this this specialty at going out and rescuing children. And I've got these. But you know what? I have to work with people all the time and not just people from different sides of the aisle, but. Like, like I indicated, I've rescued ch- children from the L- that are in the LGBT community that were being trafficked, mm. not by not necessarily by that organization, but by predators that mm-hmm. took the that inroad that way. And uh, and you know, I that is that's who I really am, and I and I want to make it very clear right now that when I win into office, I do not want 
to have anybody be able to say, that's not what you said during your campaign. 100%. I won't do that. I absolutely won't do that. And so I'll make it clear, even if it causes me to be unpopular in, in some ways. And, and you know, I actually had people come up to me and tell me, thank you for standing what you believe in, because they could probably see the pressure. Everybody else, all the candidates, yes, yes, yes. We are, and they're all hugging each other. And, and, but I, I, it was hard. I wanted to, I wanted to do that same thing too. Yeah. It's like, that's where the cool kids are apparently. I know it's but human it's like, nature. No, no, that's not how I see it right now with that. It's gotta be reworked and the way. And so I took my stand because that's, what's important. It's not taking a stand against them. It's look, we need to shore up our true principles our values of the area need to with it needs to to be solidified because that's what the world is looking at right. and not only do we need to solidify it we need to shore it up with our ordinances our values the faith patriotism hard work personal responsibility sacrifice everything that made up dixie that the dixie uh, founders were, 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 and what they become and what made this place so great. We just need to make sure our, our ordinances align with the values and then working with, with people. I work with people all the time and I, I, I like people. I genuinely like people and we could have a great time in there and we bring things back to the real role of government, what they're supposed to be doing and how, and get out of the way of the people. Let's let those great people in our travel and tourism industry stretch their legs, widen their wings, and fly into the, what they, who they truly are. They might think that taxes are, are helping them make more money, but really, government almost always hinders the progress. Right. Let the government just create just the foundation you guys build the future in the in the theme of the area that's made it so great and let's let's do this and that's where that's where i really stand yeah i loved that response from you at a different event i heard you respond about the growth because that's also a hot topic you get <laughs> you get a subset of people who say put the roadblocks up we're done we don't want anyone else to come <laughs> here and then obviously then there's the realistic side of this is america we can't prevent people from coming here if they want to come here but also how can we do that in a a realistic way right and your response and maybe i'm you can reiterate it because i'm probably going to misquote you but it was a Along the lines of let's grow because of joy, not because we're so concerned about money yeah. and bringing yeah. money, 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 money. But think of the joy in this area. Maybe you can reiterate how you phrased it because I, I thought it was beautiful the way uh, you phrased it. It was it. off the cuff, but I, I, I think what I was saying was, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a man of faith and, and my wife and I were born, were <laughs> married in the St. George temple in 99. And, and so I'm, there's nothing against other faiths coming in here. It is uh, a Christian based thing here. And, and Brigham Young projected that the valleys would be filled with people, but he didn't, he wasn't thinking a crime network or anything. It was, it was joy. Yeah. And everything good. And that's what we need to focus on. Let's build it like that. The industry and prosperity is going to be there. Yes. We just need to make sure our families and our values are in, are, are 
secured, shored up and in, in alignment and let's do this. We can have a lot of fun and Absolutely. set things up for our children in a good way. I love it. And then we just have a few seconds, but how can people learn more about you? Obviously we had limited time. So there's (laughs) a lot more that I know you have to offer and I'm sure people will have questions. What's the best way for them to reach you and just your final thoughts. Okay. VoteEros.com is my website. I'm there to defend our children, our rights and our law enforcement, our public public defenders. So thank you. Please vote for Eros Mackey. A-R-O-S. Thank you so much, Eros, for all you do for our children and for being willing to step up. Thanks for being a part of the Michelle Tanner podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. And always remember to keep exposing truth. But I won't back down. No, I won't back down. This has been a production from a podcast studio.